Come on, I start jiggling. I start shaking a little bit. That just that just really just get me in the mood. You got jiggling or giggling? Which one you got? <laughs> jiggling, baby. Yeah, jiggling, yeah, jiggling, 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 jiggling. Yeah, boy. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's that Kansas City stuff going on right there, boy. That's it. it. That's it, man. It's gonna be a lively show tonight. So um have some fun with it, man. Exactly. Hey, it it, it is hot as heck in, in Dallas, brother. I'm telling you, man, the, the squirrels are not moving, the ants are not moving. It is hot as <laughs> Hades here, bro. So let's let's have some fun. Man, you still get you still got folks walking around the street out there in white beaters that don't even not even sweating. Because that's what I that's what that's what kills me when I'm down there in Dallas. How you walk around here and don't even look like you hot. I can tell you what, if I walk outside and I just start getting sweat photos on my arm, it's hot as hell. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. Well, speak, <laughs> well speaking of Texas, we're going to break. We, uh, we, let's let's talk about this Texas and Oklahoma coming. Uh, they, they actually submitted their formal uh, request today to uh, join the SEC. Greg, what do you what's They requested. They yes. requested. Isn't that the most arrogant kind of BS? You know? They request. Well, they had to. They had this, to submit a, uh, a submit a formal. Okay, they say you. submit. They say that's submit. None. You said that, but all I'm reading is, is that they made a formal request or they notified a request. No, well, they, come on, they, man. They submitted the request, but what what you think? I'm looking at it right now. Texas OU formally requests invitation to join the SEC. That, that's just arrogant, man. That, I'm telling you right now, you know, I can't stand them jokers. So come on and get that butt kicked. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this. Why is it arrogant? Because <laughs> that's just Texas, man. They 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 just they can force everything. They can do what they want to. And they've been able, allowed, let me say it again, they have been allowed to think that they can do what they want to. And they've been doing it forever. Huh. Well, they've been they've been bullying the they've been bullying the uh, um, Big Twelve. I mean, I don't think they bullied the Southwest Conference. Oh, they, did. oh, they bullied. We still had to play with it though. We we still got the short end, end of the stick on a lot of situations all the time. Yeah, so we did. Always with Texas. You're right. Yeah. They did bully us. They did bully us. That's why we left to the SEC. Yeah. Well, you just want a level playing field. I'm just going to say that. You you never felt like it was a level playing field. And I am born and raised in the state of Texas. And you always felt that, that, that the benefit of the doubt went to the state of Texas. So it is what it is. Come on to the SEC. You, you, well, you I'll say this about it. I, I'll say this about the whole thing. I, I'm good with them coming. Yep. I mean, because it gives it – I mean, to me, you had Texas A&M, you got – Arkansas is like an old Southwest Conference thing. And I got in an argument on Facebook about uh, recruiting. I said, uh, when you have a coach that stopped recruiting Texas, period, you know, for five years, and then one guy said that it would hurt recruiting. Well, you have to recruit in order to get kids. If you stop recruiting and keep going to Florida or keep going to Alabama, well, you know you ain't getting those kids. Those kids are going to Miami, Florida State, and Alabama. Are you down there trying to recruit? You better stay in Texas, Mr. Brett Billima. I'm just saying. I just say this also. That was, that was, whomever led that charge to stop recruiting the state of Texas because we went to the SEC was stupid. 
Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna call it what it was. It, it wasn't. I'm not gonna say ill advised. That's too easy to say. Uh, it was just stupid. It, it was arrogance on our part, and whomever led that charge. And, and well, we know here was a here was a, here was an argument. They said that Arkansas cannot now recruit Texas. I, I looked at him. I said, when we played, that's all we had was Texas players. Not every Texas kid wants to play at Texas A&M or wants to play at Texas. Am I right, Greg? You're 100%. 100%. And, so, and, many, and many players from Texas, they have the ties or the recognition of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, etc. So they, they look for that opportunity to leave and to come back or to go play in the SEC. So that, that's the to me, that's a that's a, a, a conversation from non-players from the state of Arkansas. Well, they, they, they had that opinion. That, that's all I'm thinking of. Or guys that couldn't compete either way, and so they try to use that as an excuse. Well, now we can recruit more players. You can't recruit Arkansas-only players to play in the SEC and expect to be successful. Well, that's and, and I thought that was the attitude they had. I thought that was the attitude they were trying to trying to present. No, and we still I, have those I, arguments I don't today. think they were trying to do just all Arkansas players, but I, I, I agree with you on the recruiting part. But the thing I was wondering, um, I saw something on uh, Twitter today, and it had um, somebody with some uh, pundit or whatever he is, he was, he was suggesting that uh, if Texas and Oklahoma are allowed to join the SEC, that is bro- broken down into – uh, four divisions, right? So, it okay. was, so the, and the way, if I remember correctly, he <clears throat> had, he had Texas, Oklahoma, Texas A and M, and Missouri in one division. He had Arkansas, LSU, Mississippi State, and somebody else in another division. Oh, Miss. Oh, Miss. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then you know, you had Alabama. Auburn, um, and, and those cats over. I can't remember how that that one exactly. Gotta be went. Tennessee and Vanderbilt and that other. One. And then you'll have Florida, Georgia, and uh, South, South Carolina, South Carolina, and Tennessee, and, and Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Well, somebody. Yeah. So that doesn't make no sense. It's not the NFL, man. That makes no sense. Well, I mean, it's an NFL deal. I mean, but the way they were saying it is, you know, because uh, uh, they were saying that uh, Mark Stoops was. Uh, was saying that the ten game schedule uh, conference game that they played last season took a toll on, uh, you know, it basically took a toll on the athletes because you know they went from what was it, eight games to ten games uh, in the conference play. Ten brutal games. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a it's a gauntlet. That's a gauntlet. Right. Right, and and, and and you know it may not be the NFL, but for the in in the SEC, that's almost like an NFL season. Half, but of it's going to be the same way though. Half of an NFL it's season much. anyway. It's going to be the same way if you go four divisions. You're still going to have the same thing. So well, you might as well just have two divisions. Well, and like I was sharing with Limbo the other day, go a north south instead of an east west. Well, you know, instead of east west, go north south. Well, what they were what they were saying was what. what what they were saying was that um, each school would play all four teams in their division and then two other teams outside their division. Okay. So but what's the difference than just playing eight teams the same way? I don't know. Or 16 the same I, I, Man, I'm just talking. I don't know. I know. I know. I'm just saying. It's, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying they're just trying to make it look like an NFL schedule versus – what, what you do in college. Right, and once again, right. this is college. It's not the NFL. So if you're going to do that, you're still going to have to have at least two weeks or have open dates where you don't play so you can not go through that gauntlet. Right. My response well, is still well, I think I think you can go through the gauntlet. I mean, yeah. you're going to have to play the best anyway. Yeah. And once you get to the playoffs, when, when, they, when they NCAA get that 12-team thing, where do you think that's going to be? It's going to mess it up because now – you know, took away another conference. You still don't lose teams because it's going to be. You're not going to lose teams. You're not going to lose any teams. 
you making a power cost. They're making more power. It's getting stronger and stronger. Where they probably just going to have probably across the country, probably four or five uh, conferences. And you better get in where you fit in, and better start jumping. Yeah. You so I mean, right. I mean. And so, so, uh, so uh, if the Big tw- if the Big Twelve was to break up, where do you think that's where you, where you where do you think exactly. the other teams will land? Like. Uh, <laughs> West Virginia got to go back east. I, I think I think the Big Twelve would uh they would have to add someone. They don't have you know, twelve someone. now, Limbo. <laughs> they don't got twelve now. It's I'm saying they would have if they lose Oklahoma and Texas, you would have to add someone like a Houston or okay. something like that. So you, you add know. Houston. They don't they don't do much for you. Who else you got? I don't do much for you. You're not going to get they... BYU. You don't have to get a Cincinnati or South Florida. And all that is going to be the, all that kind of crazy travel anyway. So, yeah, I know. I know. I mean, it, it, it's rough. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's rough. I'm not saying it's easy. But, I mean, because in order to keep the Big 12, I mean, you can't I mean, like, 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 like this. Kansas is not coming to the SEC because of the football conference. Right. If it was a basketball conference, they'll go to the ACC. But that's too for that was here the travelers. Yeah. Well, here's my two cents on that also. I would say West Virginia is going to have to stay over there on the ACC. All right. I, I would say Iowa State is probably going to try to go in the Big Ten. Okay. Uh, Florida State will probably have to go to uh, – well, they're SEC. already in – yeah, well, they may have to come to the SEC to get out of that out of the, out of the ACC. Um, and South Florida may have to go to the ACC. So it's going to be crazy. They don't know what Kansas is going to do if they stay there. Right. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you know, who cares about Kansas? They can't do that yeah. anyway. And then you got Oklahoma State. They're going to have to probably go to the Pac-10 or, or, or the WAC. So you're probably going to have the, the, the SEC, the ACC, which may have to – Include a couple more teams, a big. Well, team. so you forget. You're also thinking about to me, to me, to me, just just me. Uh, the the Texas Tech. They always, you know, they always travel well. Pac-12. You know, the K states those fans travel well. Pac-12. You know. So so you know, and and, and Baylor is sometimey. You know what I mean. So they they, they would they wouldn't be a big good SEC fit either, right? You know we want we want I mean SEC want people that that's why we moved to the SEC because we got tired of going down to SMU and Rice and we had more fans than everybody there. You know that that's revenue. So so uh, teams that usually have the big revenues are the ones that get invited to the big party. Right. Yeah. You know so. I don't know, but I think it's exciting. It's, it's, it's definitely going to be a check. Do me a favor, Bo. Go ahead and, and bring in our guest so we can get his thought process, and, and let's see how we can expand and agree to disagree and have fun with it. All right. All right. Hit us up something there, Wendell.
Welcome, Tony Cherico, teammate, All-American, three-time All-SWC, no God, toughest son of a dog that I knew back then today. What's going on, Cherico? Talk to us, bro. Well, first of all, welcome. Thank you for getting me on this show. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Busy with a bunch of my old teammates. Greg, one of the best quarterbacks I ever faced. Uh, we found faced a lot of them in limbo. Um, I got beat down by him. Luckily, in high school, we never met on the wrestling match because he would have beat me like a uh, raised mule. But uh, anyway, looking forward to you guys. Good, good, good seeing you all and hearing your voices again. What's up, big dog? Talk to us. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to sit there and say, Tony Cherico, everybody was tough as a $2 steak. I'm telling you, he was tough as hell. You know, he's tough as nails out there. And I tell you what, he had everybody on the offensive line. He'd get up under you, and he would drive you back. So, so it's good to have you on here, brother. My homeboy from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. You're from the, I'm, on the, I'm from the KCK side. You're from the KC Mo side. Hey, but when we went to Arkansas, we became one. That's right. And we're brothers. Always will be. Hey, Tony, what, what school did you go to in KCK? Shy Mission Northwest. Oh, I went to Slago. Well, good. I'll talk slow then. Hopefully, you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right, here we go. Hey, Tony. Hey, Tony. Let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah. Go, yeah. Go ahead. What do you think about what do you think about your your high school t- coach, Tony Severi? Uh, Severino retiring. Well, I tell you what, the man, I know, the man was an institution. He won everywhere he went to. I was actually blessed to be able to be coached by him. Uh, Matter of fact, I I coach now, I've coached, I guess, 28, 30 years now, and I emulate a lot of the things I learned from being a player under him. Um, I I do to this day, and I treat kids like he he, uh, treated me. Uh, I've had the opportunity, Not I guess, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to actually coach against their former coach. And um, at two different schools, when I was in Dallas, the Dallas Jesuit, uh, we went up to Kansas City and we would play Rockhurst. And the thing about Rockhurst is it's, it's a first-class program. It's a private school, but they play, you know, they play in the public leagues up there and they do everything by the rules. But uh, they're always a well-coached team. Um, it's always a good gauge to see how good you are. So when I was a Jesuit in Dallas, we'd go all the way to Kansas City, and they would come all the way down and uh, to Dallas and play us. And now since I'm in Bentonville, Arkansas, uh, I've had the opportunity probably to play him eight times since I've been here. Um, and the, the man was a legend. I think he was twice USA Coach of the Year. Um, he has a who's who of athletes that he's coached and who've gone on not at the collegiate level, but also at the pro level. And, I mean, the man was an institution, and it was a big – we, knew, we knew it was coming. I was just wondering, you know, how much longer he was going to go. I really thought he would probably just die on the field. But finally he uh, retired and turned it over to two, two good guys, and you know, the program's rolling right there. He's still very he's – still, he's still at the high school doing things. And, again, he had a great impact on my life and a whole lot of other kids' lives. Well, he's a uh, – for me – uh, we, we was down at the uh, Missouri, we was down at Pantera or whatever it is mm-hmm. for all state and stuff. And we were sitting there and me and him was sitting next to each other. And, and he's one of you know, that's really the first time we ever sat and just talked. He's one of the nicest gentlemen class oh. act I've ever been around. It was so, it was nice just to sit there and pick his brain. It was beautiful. So I, I, I hate that he retired because he's a bachelor for, for football and high school football up here in Kansas City. Oh yeah, uh, he 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 really was, and like and like you said, he talked to anybody. Um, it's funny you say that. There there have been many times uh, that I've called him up before because a lot of times in coaching, as you know, not only do you worry about X's and O's, but you worry about the student athlete or the athlete or the uh, the atmosphere of the team. There's a lot of things off the football field that goes on that yeah. you, you know school doesn't prepare you for. And he's been in the school of hard knocks. He's coached his whole life. And I could call him and say, hey, coach, this is what's happening. Uh, give me some advice. And I could bounce things off of him. And he he would uh, come back and he'd say, okay. And he would give very good suggestions. He said, I, you know, he says, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But he says, this is what I have found in the past and what I've tried. So, again, to be able to go back and talk to a coach, and that's the type of gentleman he was. You know, Coach Hatfield was also the same um, here. 
he lives back up here in northwest Arkansas. You'd be amazed how many times I've called him up, not just on X and O stuff, because, as you all know, the days of the wishbone and the pounding browns gone. Everyone's gone to this dang chuck and duck offense with all this great stuff. So I can't know him with more, but again, he, he's the type of guy, coach, that you can just call and say, hey, I got other things besides football. And they, they were those those are two great coaches that you could always count on to help you out. Well, here's the topic of the day. Let's change the tone a little bit. Topic yeah. of the day, this Oklahoma, Texas going to the SEC. Let's get your input on it. Well, I think it's, um, again, yeah, I was there when the SWC, Southwest Conference, was there, and then Arkansas broke away from that and went to the SEC, and everyone thought the world was going to come to an end. As we can all see, it's kind of worked out um, to be in such a great power conference. I think with the addition of Texas and um, Oklahoma both to the SEC, uh, I don't think there's going to be a better conference in the United States, I think. Uh, it gives the SEC a whole lot of power in bargaining chips, whether you have the TV ratings, uh, the market value, um, just from being a power conference, there's, there's no one going to be able to touch it right there. It also gives them, I feel, the option where they can do some different things where they can divide it up. You can either uh, split it up e- equally, have an east and a west, or you could go to the pot program where you could have four sections, and you could have four teams in each of those sections right there and get some of the national rivalries back. Um, again, I I was heartbroken when the Southwest Conference broke up because, again, playing in it and the history that they had with the schools that we had in it. But, again, times have changed. I mean, uh, Laura, as we all know with the NLI stuff that's going on right now, it's all, you know, it's all uh, money-driven. And, again, I think this, for the conference, I think they're ahead of the game. Uh, and they, you know, they jumped in there with the first team to do it to kind of put this power power conference together. Um, again, I feel bad for the Big 12, but I think the SEC just made themselves. They made a statement out there, and um, I think you're going to see a lot of other conferences. Gonna, they, they force a lot of other conferences to have to do that. Okay, because uh, what do you think? Of, go ahead, Wendell. Yeah, because you know we were talking about how they were going to split it up earlier, and I mentioned that that mm-hmm. that uh, that four that four way split where you got. Uh, Four teams and 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 uh, each like, the NFL thing. Get it out, man! The, the NFL, <laughs> come on. Hey, well, Greg called it the NFL thing. To me, it's you know it, it is. Right. It's, it's going to be almost like a, the NFL divisions, and 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 then you exactly. Uh, so then you have to have the cross play for you know outside your division and everything too. So I thought that I actually think that's probably the way that they should go because that that seems like to me that, that that will get everybody in rotation and get everybody to play everybody. Well, well, let me say this: I would not like it to be Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, and Texas A and I don't even want to see that. I don't want to see that. And I mean, it, it may be good for old rivalries, but I don't want to see that. And if you do it on that that four section team thing, I think they're gonna they're gonna fix that. I would much rather be a, a north south kind of thing, and, and then and work it out that way. But you know that's just my thought process. I I I, I don't want to see the Texans and Texas A and M, Oklahoma and Arkansas. So well, I, I just, yeah, that's it. I mean, the hard, the hardest thing is right there. I mean, look at those programs you have in all their sports. You have Texas, Oklahoma, you know, Arkansas, Texas A&M. Those are powerhouse programs. And so, you you know, in your pods, you're going to have four tough, tough ones. And then, you know, you look over some of the crossovers. Uh, say sometimes you may have LSU, Alabama, Auburn on a crossover. Right. Um, I mean, that's like last year's schedule when they had to play all the SEC schools. Right, right. I mean, that was brutal. That, that, that's brutal, and some teams, um, I think, will ha- have it kind of easy uh, in their pods. But, again, we looked at geographically how you could do one help with the travel. I think it's going to help the fans all of a sudden. Now you, you're centrally located where you're not going to have that big travel expenses and all that, you know, where you need to travel and all that. But, yeah, the Texas, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Oklahoma, that is brutal. I mean, that, that yeah. squad will be pretty brutal. Then you have Auburn, Alabama. Um, Georgia, Florida, you can have those four and one. So now all of a sudden, everyone else is fighting. You know, you have these other weaker ones, which I, again, not in all sports. Well, it would be weird because you have Tennessee, you have Kentucky, right. you have Van- South Carolina. Van- that's not nothing. Yeah. Van, that's not no dadgum division, man. That, that, 
that messes that whole deal up. Then you got Georgia and Florida, and then, you know, I, I don't know how that's going to be in a four-team breakup. But if you did an eight-team breakup in North, North South, then it may be equally equally uh, divided. But it, it's going to be interesting to say that, to say the least. Well, let's hey, move Joe, on. Hey, Joe, do you think, do you think, because I the question with me was somebody was talking about recruiting Texas. They said if if Texas came in, Arkansas would never recruit Texas again, could never get kids out, which we know is not true, but no. I just want to hear from you. No, no. I mean, you hear that. And the thing is, you know, you have the old school where everyone said, if you're not going to win unless you get the Texas kids. And then we had a couple of regimes that came here. They actually got away from Texas. And then they started putting more emphasis down in the south, uh, Florida, Georgia, started going farther and farther away. And they found out they didn't, you know, they, they struggled with that. I mean, the thing is with recruiting, um, one, I think it's always important that you recruit within your state. I think that you have to have that good base for that. And then after that, I think recruiting, again, has totally changed. This uh, this new with the new likeness image thing that we have going on, that's a game changer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was – this kind of blew me away. We had some baseball players this past year at the high school that have gone – already gone out, and uh, they're already um, they're already sending thing, feelers out to get sponsored to when they go play. And, you know, you had Nick Saban the other day drop the, you know, somehow put it out there that, the you know, they're talking about the quarterback getting uh, seven figures. You know, I was already hitting the million dollar mark on that. Um, so, you know, the thing about recruiting, um, being able to recruit a state in the old days, you know, recruiting was everything was on the up and up. And it, I mean, still, I'm not saying everybody's going to cheat, but I think with this new power conference that we have, I think that's really going to entice players to come to go, go to a school where they think that they can benefit the most. Cheat. We were li- we lived it, man. It's gonna it's gonna be the Wild Wild West again. Oh, it's it's it definitely is, and that's um, I coach bowling up here also at Arkansas. And I have an ex bowler right now. She is doing an internship at U of A, and she's in that NLI program right now. She's kind of filling her in on some of some of the different things. And right now, like I said, it, there's a lot of uncharted territory. That's what kind of scares me with that new thing coming in where these athletes, again, I've always felt that they need to be compensated in some way. That's the only fair thing to do. But um, I think, like I said, recruiting, as you know now, will never be the same with this going on. So, again, getting back to the original question, even if you have A&M and you have Texas, they're going to get their te- they're going to get the kids they want usually out of those states. I mean, it's going to be hard to recruit against them, but they're going to get those kids. But, again, Arkansas will offer being in the SEC. They're going to be able to now get some of the teams, some of the kids they didn't get before that were Big 12-type kids. The Big 12 uh, may not be as enticing for them to go to now because Texas is not in there. Oklahoma is not in there. So we may be able to get some of those kids that would have gone there because they, you know, they like that running gun, chuck and duck type offense, no defense playing league. Uh, and they're, they have a chance. You can tell I have a real No, but anyway, uh, but now they have a chance to actually come, come to the SEC and play again. Uh, yeah, so you know, there's, there's again, there's positives to both. So yeah, I mean, again, well, Texas is a hotbed. I mean, I don't know why Texas has some great athletes. I coached down there for years. I know the different programs that they have, and yes, they do put some great, great athletes out. But again, with Texas and Oklahoma both going down there. Uh, again, I think that may open the opportunities for us to maybe get some of the Kansas kids, some of these Missouri kids, some of these Nebraska kids, some of these other kids that are in other surrounding states that are great athletes. And yeah, you can only sign so many kids. Right, 25. Yeah, so you can, again, you can only sign so many, so you just got to be yeah. careful and get them. Again, you get you can get some of these small towns, and you get a lot of kids out of the state of Arkansas, but you can get around the surrounding area right here, and there's enough to go around where you can get them. Well, let me ask you this, Tony. If mm-hmm. they had the name, image, and likeness when we played, what do you think you would have signed for? Well, first of all, I know we're signing probably a male bondsman. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, um, I, you know what? I, 
I, yeah, I can't tell you how that's going to work. Uh, would there ever been an opportunity? Yes. Um, I think it's also a double-edged sword. I mean, it's, again, uh, I don't know if we want to go down this road because I, I've debated this. And, again, playing at that level and being around and having success playing, yes, I know I probably would have had some great opportunities uh, to play. My my issue is, again, for the athlete, yes, it's going to be nice, but I think in, in the overall scheme of things, you're going to see the big name players. They're the ones going to uh, get the fruits of it. So, for right. example, Greg Thomas, you're going to be signed. You're the quarterback. You're the flagship. You're the face of the Razorback. So, all of a sudden, say, for example, say you got seven figures. All right. Now, you have and you've done a great job, and you, you deserve it because you've done a great job. But then you have Linville Parks, all-conference ball player, blocks his rear end off. But who knows Linville? He's an offensive lineman. All right? So now all of a sudden you have offensive linemen looking, and Greg, maybe you get sacked, and then you're going to say something to him, and now you're making me look bad. Now all of a sudden you're going to start cutting into my endorsements. And then, anyway, I, it's a double-edged sword on that. There's some positives and there's some negatives about it, but getting back to what, what I would have signed. I, and then you worry about, um, I don't know if I'd want to have that um, pressure of having to worry about who, what, what I'm signing for instead of just playing. Well, yeah. well let me ask so, you this, Tony. Let me ask you, I'm gonna ask you this, let me ask you this question. Because last week we asked this question. Let's say you sign for, let's throw out, let's throw out five, $500,000. Okay. Okay. Fine. Would you would you keep coming back to get that for four years or five years? Or okay. Would you try to go pro? This is that's a very good question, and I I have debated this with some good friends of mine, um, different coaches that I've talked about. Okay, these are the benefits to it. You bring a very good point up. I think you're going to see a lot of players um, actually stay in the college level because. They can make more money in college if they invest the money right for the, and stay there for four years and just keep building it every year. Because the problem is you're shot at the NFL, you're shot at the NBA or Major League Baseball. If you go and you don't make it, you could be one and done, and you're done. And you have no income coming in, whereas I think a kid will actually stay. You'll have more and more kids staying in school and being true to that school because they know they can they can make more money if they stay you know if they stay there. Um, exactly. Also, I don't think you're going to see the kids transferring through the portal that much as it's going to be harder for them you know, for them to go. But you're going to keep those kids, all those kids that late leave early um, to go pro. I, I don't see you're going to see that anymore. I see you see more and more of those kids staying in, and that's going to help the coaches because I think I talked to a, a good friend of mine, uh, James Sheevest, who's at Virginia Tech. And uh, he's a great coach. He's been all over the United States coaching and all that. And one of the things we talked about, I asked him, I said, what's one of the hardest things in college football? He said, if I had to do it back again, I'd probably stay in high school. He said, one of the hardest, um, he, he survived, he says, one of the hardest things right now in coaching is this transfer portal. He goes, because we recruit these kids. And a lot of times um, when they recruit a kid, they know the kid will not play his freshman year. They know that they have a senior-dominated offensive line. And as we all know, uh, very few kids come in and start as a freshman year. So it takes a year for them to develop. Well, you find out a lot of these kids now, after the first year, well, I'm not playing, so I'm going to go somewhere else where I can play. Right. And that totally leaves, you know, a lot of these colleges are, oh, my God, they've done all this recruiting, set it up for the future, and all of a sudden these kids, boom, they're going. And that's out of there. I think also now with this NIL, you know, with this thing right here, um, I think you're going to see a lot of kids bail too because if the market's going to be out there where they can go somewhere else and get paid more money, uh, they may leave also on that. Um, they had an article come out the other day about someone wants to bring the U back. And they're really going to push. I get Miami. They really want to push, um, push, this NIL and get the kids for, to bring them back to greatness, back to what they were back in the eighties and you know early nineties. Lord, I'm rambling like an old man. You can tell I have CTE. <laughs> oh, well, you good, hey, Tony? Uh, um, I brought this up last week as well too. I think that the NCAA is going to have to put a cap on it. I, I think there's going to have to be uh, mm-hmm. some kind of regulation on it. So things because. Right now, like Limbo, uh, Greg Nimm said, it's like the Wild Wild West. Everything is just wide open. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that they're going to have to put some kind of regulation on it to 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 uh, kind of even things out across the board. Just like you said, Greg, Greg might make seven figures, five well, the five hundred thousand that Limbo took right. out there, and Limbo's making twenty dollars. You know. Yes. No. And and then and, you're and, right. and, and it's gonna and it can really mess up the team chemistry as well too because yeah. people you know kids get jealous they get to hating on each other and, and next thing you know like you said limbo was not blocking for Greg and and, and mm-hmm. you know and and because Greg is out there living a, a, a lavish lavish lifestyle ain't, ain't you know doing his thing and limbo is struggling and so. You know, oh, I got, no, Greg, Greg's up there living a the champagne life, and I got a beer budget. I got a beer budget over here. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. You're, you're exactly right, and that's what kind of shocked me. I, I think, you know, in all honesty, I don't think the NCAA wanted to touch it. I think they wanted um, – they want the institutions they have it. They, they know there's so – if you really read into it, there's just so many gray areas. On it, and again, it is, and it's funny you say that because everyone refers to it as the wild, wild west. And right now, they're going to run wild with it. I think you're going to see the rich get richer. Um, I, some of the programs, Alabama and other these other big name programs, are way ahead of the pro. I mean, way ahead of this. They saw it coming. They have a whole department that is already lining um, things up uh, for it. So anyway, I guess there's so many. There's a lot of positives to it, and I found some positives, but I think there's also a lot of negatives that we haven't seen yet that we, I mean, and we probably won't see play out right away, but eventually, you know, they're going to come out, and uh, basically it's uh, amateurism in college sports may be over with as we know it. And, again, we just talked about football, and then also, you know, you start looking at basketball and all the other sports. Um, I mean, that's a lot of money. Well, Greg Greg has often, often pointed out, you know, that, you know, an art student or an art student on scholarship or a musician on scholarship, they can go out and sell their songs and make money while the athlete couldn't. So it's, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. all, I'm all for the athlete making money, but like I said, I think I think it's going to get out of hand and and they're going to have to. I mean, that's just how I feel about it. They're definitely going to have to put some kind of cap or put some kind of. Oh, and and you bring a very valid both y'all bring valid points. Of yes, do, do, should players get compensated? Yes. But what the uh, university makes off of uh, these athletes is those, you know, these players all know that they play the time and work that they put into and the product they put on the field, not to be able to reap any of the benefits. Um, sure, I think, you know, people always say, well, you're getting your education paid for free, you're getting, you know, looks and all that. But also they have to realize the hours that asking athletes put in uh, practice. And, and it's just not, you know, it, it's changed. It's not that you just go out in the summer, go through two days, get ready and play. Athlete, athlete, athletes are year-round. Whatever sport you're in, no matter what, it is a year-round thing. It's a job. And yes, I think they should be compensated, but you bring, I think your point is very valid. There should be limitations on how much somebody can make, and there should be, it really needs to be regulated because, again, um, there's just too many opportunities for bad things to come about this. You sure right. Yeah. Well, hold on. We, 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 wait, we don't talk about the bad stuff because we're not going to do that. But we know it's, we know what took place. I'm just concerned that if the NCAA falls apart, which we, we really wanted to do, that it will not be handled correctly. And, right. we, and, and the other institutions like Alabama, who – they're putting things in place, but they're not putting things in place at Baylor. They're not. I don't know what they're putting in place at Arkansas. You know they're not putting stuff in place at Tennessee. Something's going to go now that, crazy. Now, Arkansas, I know Arkansas is because, again, I have a student athlete doing an internship there, and they, do, they, they are getting a department. But, again, this is so new. I mean, this is something brand new to everybody. I think it's kind of learned. Learn how it goes. His first year said it's going to be on the job training and all that, um, trying to get it. But again, without having an institution that's above, for example, the NCAA saying, this is how it works. This is what you're going to have to do to keep everything legitimate. I think it is going to be the wild, wild west. And it's going to make, uh, recruiting. Again, we have some athletes this, this coming year. And I've been, uh, we have a wide receiver that has a ton of power five offers. We have an offensive lineman, same thing, uh, that a lot of people are after. And, um, I've been just kind of, they've been going on visits now since they've opened it up. And 
I'm waiting to see how the college is going to approach these student-athletes and saying, okay, this is what we can do for you. And this is what we have. And I think the colleges are trying to figure out, okay, what businesses are going to be able to help us out? Um, it's funny. Everyone thinks here in Arkansas that, uh, well, if you saw the University of Arkansas, then you're going to sign a major, major deal with Walmart. Nope. Because you have Walmart, Tyson Chicken, and J.B. Hunt. Well, the problem with Walmart is Walmart is worldwide. So if you have the face of Arkansas Razorback as your main person, well, heck, Alabama and Florida and all these other where all the Walmart stores are, and the people are going, I'm not going to go there. Just like that Auburn quarterback that I think it was Moose Ice-T, who's, that's a big uh, Ice-T down south. Well, the Auburn quarterback, he got him. You know, he was the face of the uh, IC. He was one of the first contracts they signed. Well, all the Alabama fans, it was funny. These people had been lifetime drinkers of them. They had people come out and say, uh-uh, they I'm not going to touch that them. stuff anymore. Yeah, they bored tight. Yeah, so, yeah, and so they're going to say no. So, I mean, I just said it, just not, just on that, now you have the businesses having to worry about different things. Again, it's, it's going to be, it will be interesting. Uh, this coming year. The next couple of years, watching all this go is going to be pretty interesting. Well, all right, Tony. We're going to take a, a short break real quick, and uh, then we're going to come back and want to see what you think about this upcoming hog season and, oh. and uh, you know, what we're looking at as far as – I know you're, you're a defensive guy, but, you know, we got some – we got some beasts on the off, on the offensive side too, so I wanted to kind of get your take and, and see what we got, see what we're gonna be. So we're gonna take about uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna be right back with Tony Jericho. All right. Brother Jericho back with us now. How are we doing now, fellas? Good break. Yeah. Oh, enjoyed it. Like I said, guys, I appreciate coming on here. This is this has been really fun talking to y'all and talking. Like I said, just talking football. That's 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 fun. That's, that's fun. Tony, All right, uh, Wendell, go ahead, Wendell. Well, you know, I wanted to, I, well, you know, you know those other guys better than you know me. I was just a lowly little walk on back in the day, and uh, yeah, 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 but, whatever. <laughs> you had a great career, <laughs> but I re- I remember you and uh and and you and that snake in the dorm. Tell you one of the best security system we ever had because we never had to worry about anybody ever coming into our dorm. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not gonna hurt him. Well, what do you uh what do you think about this upcoming uh, Razorback season? That um, like I said, you know, we got some. Uh, uh, we got some beasts on uh, defense, and we got some beasts on offense, and and I'm just I really think that uh, this year that uh, Coach Pittman, if he can get everybody on the same page, that we can have a a really really good season this year. Well, yeah, I, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited as I always am every year. You know, you're always excited about the Razorbacks. I think one of the biggest things is I think he has two of the best uh, coordinators out there uh, defensively. I think he has one of the best defense coordinators in the SEC. Um, he kind of fell into his lap, and he has done an amazing job um, just getting the program defensively going in the right direction. I think he was really good um, in other programs when he was at Memphis. I remember when he, he coached Memphis, he came in, him and Coach Shebest and Fuente, they all came in to recruit a running back that we had one time. That was the first time I was able uh, to meet him. He kind of picked his brain a little bit. Um, but on defense, I think, 
Uh, we're fast. I think we have kids that play with confidence. The biggest difference I've seen with this team versus some teams that we've had in the past, they play well as a unit and they know where uh, they need to be. Uh, he game plans really well. Um, like I think we played Ole Miss last year and he threw a defense in that poor quarterback I hadn't seen before and he struggled with it. Um, and I think they're recruiting the type of players um, that he wants in, you know, that they want in there. And uh, uh, defensively, I think they're going to be a lot better. I think defensive line wise, they need to get, uh, they need, and they went out and they got some kids that have transferred in um, that they're going to help them up front. The linebackers, as we all know, in the secondary uh, have done a really, you know, uh, they're a year older, a lot more experience, and they do not lack in self confidence. And that's what I like about it. I think, like I said, Barry Odom's put together a really good defense. Now, offensively, um, I think wide, wide receiver-wise and schematically, uh, the kids know the system. I think Browns now has, you know, this is his second year with these kids, and now they've learned the system and they've been underneath there. They've really upped their offensive line. I think that's uh, in the past we haven't been real big, and now they got the size and that they're figuring it out. And then, you know, running back, uh, we got stable of backs back there. So offensively, I think the key is going to be how good our quarterback is. If our quarterback, if the quarterback can get the ball to the playmakers, again, it, we're going to be good. Um, if he struggles uh, making the right reads, it could be a long year offensively. I think defense is going to be up to the task this year. I think we've gotten size that we need, and I think we, the kids are going to be playing with confidence. I think defense will be fine. Offense, offensive line is a huge. They're massive, they, and they're going to be some. They're going to be able to move some people out. Um, Receiver-wise, with Traylon Burks and some of these other individuals, we got some playmakers right there. And the key is, yeah, he's in the, and Greg can tell you this, it's going to be the quarterback. The whole offense rec- uh, revolves around him and whoever they choose right there. So, anyway, that's my synopsis on that part of it. Uh, <laughs> well, I think, I think you're right. I mean, the offensive line with Pittman, another year, and getting some more guys in there that can play. Because I think that's what we've been lacking in years, offense and defensive line. You know, we've had some good skilled people, but we just had not had those lines to hope to withstand the SEC competition, you know? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, as you can see, and that's where uh, all the great teams we play, they all have great offense and defense, you know, the line up front. And, uh, I think with the transfer portal, we've had some kids that have come in that are going to be some, you know, they're going to be instant help that will definitely have, you know, help them out. He's again, he's a great offensive line coach. I know we lost our coach this past year because he went back to LSU. Uh, but, uh, you know, Pittman, I know is very involved, uh, with the offensive line because that's his, uh, he's always been known to be a great offensive, you know, great offensive line coach. And, uh, they have that going there. So anyway, now I said we say, it always starts, you know, you know, it's always started the line. But with Pittman oh. having an offensive line where you can – so you can keep the defense off the field, you know, oh. defense, I mean, dang, I think we'll be okay if we just get a big offensive line to protect everybody, protect the quarterback, you know. So Yeah, you know, back in the day, the funny thing was back in the day, Arkansas, when, when I played, we defensively, we were good. I mean, we led everything. We, we always led in great categories. Everyone talked about how great our defense was, but it's really smoking mirrors because people always say, well, how were you guys so good? How did you go, like, you know, so long without giving up a rushing touchdown and all that? But the funny thing was it wasn't that our defense wasn't good. It was our offense that kept the ball away from everybody. You know, when we ran, you know, we ran the wishbone hill, we had the ball maybe 40 minutes uh our offense is having 40 minutes and, you know, the other team, maybe they'd have it 20 minutes of a game. So they're playing catch up right there. So the thing is, if you have a good offense that can one score, but two control the ball and just take the time off the clock, that's going to help your defense out. And I think it helps the team team overall. Okay. okay. Absolutely. All right, Greg, where are you at? Man, I'm right here. I'm, I'm just thinking, man, I, I would, reminiscing, you know, listening to Tony talk about that great defense we had. We had a great defense. But I want to talk about some of the fun stuff we did. Jericho, you remember in 1985, I think we all stayed in Reed Hall. Did oh, God know? bless us. I can tell you stories about that. Oh, oh, <laughs> you want to talk about the, the chickens and the, and, the, and, the, 
and the volatility oh, fights and, and and oh lord, it was it was bad. I mean, it was, you talking about the, you talking about the wild wild west? It was came by the door. They they had built. Uh, we had the old Wilson Sharp, and I think that was probably like an insane assignment. But they had all the other basketball players and the football players all living in the same dorm. And thank God because they didn't want to put us out in the general population. We had our own, you know, we had our own cafeteria. And we ate right there. We had a study hall right there. We had our rooms right there. And then if we got up, we went to practice. We got up, walked right across the street, and we went to football practice or we went to basketball practice. And um, that's when we had Wilson Sharp. And then when they renovated it, it was a whole different world. And they put us out in the general population, and we had to go eat with the dorm and you know, the dorms. And the funny thing about it was, is that back that time when you had an athletic training table, it's nothing like what they have now. They have dietitians. And they watch what you eat, and they have all that type of stuff. Back then, we had—I never forget—we had Peggy. Peggy was a, she was one of our cafeteria ladies, and she cooked your eggs any way you wanted them. And we had yeah. family, and we just eat all you could. You walked in there, ate all you yeah. want, and left. And we went to the, I was—I think it was after the Liberty Bowl, and they sent us back. And we went back and lived in actually the general population, and. The first time I went through the breakfast line, I will never forget, I reached over. I'm used to grabbing the tongs, and, you know, you don't grab two pieces of bacon. You grab probably half a pound or a pound of bacon, throw on your plate. And I remember this lady slapped my hand, <laughs> took all the bacon. All the bacon, all she said, one or two. I said, one or two what? She goes, one or two pieces of bacon. I said, what do you mean one or two? She goes, you get two, come back. I said, oh, my God. So that went on for about a week. And then finally, we had a lot of disgruntled athletes. And again, I'm not saying that we're privileged or we're entitled, but people got to realize when you're an athlete and you're working off season, you're putting a lot of hours in, a lot of workout, you're going to burn a whole lot of calories off. Well, finally, after one practice, never forget Andy Upchurch was one of our offensive centers. And he finally just stood up and looked Coach Hatfield straight in the face and says, something has to change. Or you're going, he says, you're yeah. going to lose this whole team. He says, you're going to have to get something done about this. And Coach Hatfield was like, he didn't know. Uh, he says, you don't have to get this cafeteria changed. So I guess over in Pomper Hall, they built us our own, um, yeah, I guess, yeah. our own dining okay. hall. They put, yeah. that, they put that big screen up, and they put a big wall up to hide us from the general population. We didn't know what that was for, but that, they said that was for, that's where our training table was going to be. Well, everything was okay, and we were happy because even though we had to walk there, we, we got to eat like we usually got, normally got to eat. Well, it was funny because all of a sudden the general population, the student body saw how we ate versus how they ate, and it was in the school newspaper and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I remember that. that. that those, six, those six months were probably the toughest six months being being a regular student out there, having to live in the dorms and all that. But it was uh, it was it was wild. I still remember J.R. Brown standing up with a stake on his uh, oh, on Lord. His fork and showing it to the people on the other side. And all of a sudden, food come, food. coming over the top of the thorn at us. People, food. <laughs> at us. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, he did that. He threw the team on. It was it was Thursday night or steak night, whatever we had steak, and he showed it to him because he was. I guess the article came out in the paper, and people were you know everyone was up in arms. By God, they're eating like kings and all that, and we're like. Oh, this is what we're used to, but we earned it. But he showed it. Oh yeah, and it was just like also the biggest food fight. All that food came over exactly. there. Um, yeah, and we said, oh Lord. Of course, we paid for that. We ended up running. Coach Hatfield got wind of that, so we paid. We ended up doing a few extra sprints on that one. <laughs> Let me say this. I remember. I remember that situation, but you know, I think we were staying at Buchanan Grove when that was right. the place. But I thought, mm-hmm. this is what I literally saw happen. When I remember talking, when we first got there, we had the, the pool table and the ping pong, and we had a great area for us to hang out and, and the barn. And then, yep. then we had to move to, like you said, to Pomford and Yoakum Hall and all that. And then all of a sudden, the renovations, were, that first renovation took was done. There was no pool table. There was no uh, ping pong table anymore. All of a sudden, we started needing things to do, and I thought it changed the dynamic mm-hmm. of our team. And then we got into trouble. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I mean I, you're right. I think it's funny you say that because that was kind of a meeting place for everybody. Because we go down there again. You had some of the best ping pong games. Yes. We had buffer pool. We had regular pool. We played tonk. We played yes. spades. 
Yeah. And it was kind of a media. I mean, it'd be like a barber shop or a play in dominoes. Oh, Lord, you play Bones. And I guess that's where everybody kind of hung out together. And, yeah, that was rough because one of the things that's funny, when I when I played everybody, you know, everyone when they go to college, they always talk about being able to live in an apartment. They go, don't you want to go get a townhome or go live in an apartment? And I said, no. I said, I love my athletic dorm because I'm living with the guys that I sweat with, I play with, I do things with. Um, I got my, my study halls right there. My meals are going to be right there. I can walk across the street. I said, that's, I mean, that's my home. Those are my people. And to go live off somewhere else, I, I, you know, I never had a desire. I think the majority of the players all wanted to live right there. It was just so much easier, but, and, and you're right. I mean, that was a change. That I was a change. Desire. I went to, that's where I wanted to be right there. Yeah. I did not want to go anywhere else. No, you felt fair again, again, because you, you're there as much time as we spent, whether on the field, whether on the road, traveling, getting back late at night on flights, um, getting up early the next morning or watching film or getting your study hall. It, it's so much easier to do there. You know, now you have kids, you don't have the athletic dorm anymore, and you have people living everywhere. And I think it'd be, it, you kind of lose the team dynamic. Again, I can't say it because I don't know how those kids live now. I guess they're used to it. But uh, the five years, the four and a half years I was there, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I re- also remember when uh, that summertime, and we had the bottle rocket fight. You remember that? And oh, you Lord. brought the chickens to the. You brought the chickens from from Tyson, and we we, we ate the chickens anyway. But when we threw the chickens <laughs> off, and they they oh, called yeah, the police yeah. and they said. You know, y'all, y'all here, you know, harming the animals. Going like, we gonna eat the chickens anyway. And we told them nah, that we had to fly. You mean real chickens? Hey. Yeah, he hey, real chickens. Off, yeah, threw them off the building, man. We knew them chickens could fly. He threw them off the building. At the bedroom. Now we worked. We had Cornish hens we brought in. We used to barbecue yeah. those, so that's when we, yeah. we worked at that place. Now the ball rocket fights. That was like I said. We're surprised we still live here. That they used to one thing is players used to do, they put pennies in doors where you jam doors and you couldn't open them up. And um, people in all hours of the night, they would shoot those things off. Surprised no one got a knife put out on that. Or in the bathrooms where we had that back when we had the big public restrooms where everybody shared those cinder block stalls and they would throw a firecracker in there and just some small cubicle. And I mean, it was typical college stuff. But again, it's like, it was like a, I mean, it's like a big fraternity, basically. We got in trouble, boy, too. We got in trouble. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know that. I know trouble well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to go up there and talk to the, to the, 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 what the, the board, judicial board, and all that. Stuff. Uh, I never got there. I was always in Coach Chapel's office. I had an express pass to him. <laughs> I had to wait in line because I was always the front of the line on that one. And I took yeah, responsibility. I raised my hand. That was me. I'll take full responsibility. Now, the rest of you guys. You want to stand up, be member, otherwise. But I know I did what I did. So. Yeah. Well, I own, I own mine. I try to own. I try to own up to mine. I, I think mm-hmm. those, during that period of time was when I learned during the, the renovations. I learned the students because once right. we had the once we had to stay in the Yoakum Hall and the Reed Hall, we get a chance to see the students as students. We didn't have that separation. And man, I got right. to learn how to go rock climbing. A back caving, mm-hmm. uh, got a chance to go uh, uh, water rafting. I've never been water rafting in my life. Man, you know, yeah. I got to be around students that were doing, they, they didn't care about sports. You know, we were around engineers that stayed high all day. I couldn't figure that. These jokers made mm-hmm. all these engineering grades, but they were high as a kite every freaking day. Or we, we got to hang was, out. No, it was good. And you're right. It's good to get that kind of exposure to see. I mean, I think it's good in relationships because they get to see you. They get to see the athletes not just with their helmet on or on the basketball court on the field, but they get to interact with you, you interact with them. And I think, again, it's just the dynamics of it. Was, you know, that, that, was, that had some positives, too, with it. And, again, uh, when we moved out, it was funny. Uh, you make some lifetime friends. There's a lot of people I've met when I was in the dorms that I still, to this day, it was funny. We, we still talk um, since I moved back here. Um, a lot of those people I, I knew back then. That's cool. No, that cool. Yeah, that's cool. Cause uh, I was I was in Yoakum Hall, and I remember, you know, like uh, Chuck Washington, uh, and oh and, man, you know, that, actually, Wait. yeah, and where did yeah, those, 
yeah, number 39. And those, <laughs> you know, those were some of the first people that I actually met when I first got on campus because, you know, like I said, I was in, in Yoakum and they were in Yoakum at that time too. Uh, I, I, mm-hmm. I think there were a few others, but that's those are the two. That's, I mean, they were on the second floor. I was on the ninth floor, and I used to, you know, we spent a lot of time down there in, in their room, and uh, the parties were off the chain, and we, I mean, we just had a good time over, and overall, and um, that's what kind of convinced me to, to walk onto the team is hanging out with those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we had the most fun at Wilson Sharp parties with the best parties oh, on man. campus. I rem- man, Wilson Sharp parties, <laughs> boy, don't even bring those up. I still got hangovers from some of those things, man. Hey, that, that's when Raven would bring, bring his boys from the PPI out, out of Fort mm-hmm. Smith. Party mm-hmm. people incorporated. Yeah. <laughs> we sit up there that had the most fun ever. Most fun ever. Everyone well, Tony, let, uh-huh. let, me ask, let me ask you this. Yeah. Okay. What, what do you what do you think about the season all the teams had up there in Fayetteville this year? I mean, football, basketball, softball. I think, yeah, I think I think what what it, what what's happened is I think Coach Yurchek has done an outstanding job in one, um, really supporting the athletic program from top to bottom. Again, we have so many sports that have done so well, whether golf, um, tennis, uh, track and field. Uh, boys and girls, you had baseball, you had basketball. I think he's put a softball. You put some great coaches up there, and we're starting to get more and more great athletes now. I mean, not across the board, um, and girls basketball, boys and girls basketball. So we're we're kind of putting Arkansas back on the map. Um, I think the facilities have changed so much. It's funny. I go up there, and even though I live in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, and I'm 20 miles from the campus. I don't, I don't go back much at all. But when I do go back, I can only play Bentonville High School and just see the change. And then I've seen all the different facilities. You know, our indoor track out in our track facility, they're world class. Our baseball, one of the top baseball fields, in, I mean, in the nation. Um, you have the football, uh, not only the field, but if you look at their training facility, you look at their um, the student center they have for the student athlete. Um, uh, our softball field again. Everything is first class, and that is they built the facilities just like in the Field of Dreams. Build it, and they will come. And I think uh, they built the facilities after they had the facilities built. They hired the right people, and now the players are starting to come in. And again, you look at the uh, the big uh, directors' cup. I think we're in the top ten this year of overall programs in the United States. Yeah, even though it was a COVID year. Uh, everybody, you know, everybody had done great, and uh, it's just proud to be a hog. I mean, we are, we go toe to toe in most sports with most people, and I, I'm hoping that we get the football program turned around and we're headed in the right direction. But from top to bottom, I don't think it's a weak. You know, we don't, we don't have a weak sport. Um, so, and I'm talking boys and girls. I mean, all our programs are solid. And we have people not only from Arkansas, but from all over the United States. And actually, we have people from all over the world that come uh, to compete, whether it's golf, track and field. I mean, all sports from all over. It's worldwide. So, I right. think I was real proud of how we've done. Um, it was unfortunate last year we didn't have a whole lot of fans up there just because of COVID and the restrictions that we had. But um, near the end, we were starting to open it up. You can see, you know, baseball is a great example of, you know, how many, you know, 12,000 people at a, you know, at a high school, I mean, at a college game, baseball game. So. Right. Well, let, let me ask you this. Where, where is that yellow bug you used to drive? Where is that now? Oh, my Lord. It's probably time. I wish I had that thing back. My VW van, I wish I had that thing back, but no, I ended up selling that. And, heck, if I would have hung on to that thing, that thing right now, especially up here in Arkansas, everyone's converting vans into campers. I've been, I made a ton of money on that thing. <laughs> we, we took that thing. I was thing a road warrior. Oh, man. We took it to the to the Liberty Bowl. And they, who was that? Me, you, JR? Who else was in that? You remember that? Oh, Lord. We're not rich yet. We, there's a bunch of us. We just piled up in it. We oh, rolled all up in town, went across the state, and drove. That was back in the good old days. We, uh, Boy. And you could, do that, you could do stuff like that. It was uh, that was that was fun. Those were some good times. Those were some good times. Well, big man, we appreciate you coming on, man. It, it, hey, man, thank you so much. Hey, I hope to see you again or sometime up there, and I wish you all the best this year. You all stay healthy, hydrate, because it's hot out there. 
And like I said, I've uh, enjoyed it. This has been really a treat for me to be able to kind of share some of these old stories and talk to two of the great uh, players from Arkansas, three of you, uh, on that, and hear some of the stuff you had to say and just kind of bounce things off. Well, Tony, well, we appreciate you. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure listening to you and, and uh, having you on the show, man. And, and, you know, maybe we could do it again sometime after the season. Anytime you got my number. And do a recap on the season or something. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, homeboy. We appreciate you. We're back in Kansas City. Look me up, man. I will. Hey, you. Good luck this year. I wish you all the best. Deuce Speaking yeah, of Kansas ahead. City, hey, I'm, I'm going to let, let you slide on that, that Slego. And, uh, uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to say, I, I give you great. But we know Slego had athletes. Yeah. Slego yeah. always had well, athletes, and we didn't want a piece of them. So. Well, uh, the year, the, my uh, junior year there, man, I, I don't think we won a football mm-hmm. game. We didn't win a football game. So I, I understand. It's not all about football. I understand. All right, Tony, it's a great talking right. to you, man. You have a pleasant evening. You too, guys. Thank you very much. Take us out. Take us out there, window. All right, guys, that was a good conversation, and I I really enjoyed Tony's stories and everything. And uh, all right, you know, we can we're gonna wrap this up. And I want to just say to the uh, to the three hogs and the Mike fans out there, I want you to join us next week when our guests will be former Razorback All-American defensive lineman Jimmy Walker. So we're looking forward to y'all joining us again next week. Guys, I'll talk to y'all later. It's been a pleasure. All right. All right, Limbo. Peace. Peace.